Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Star Wars 7x7 episode 467 today, talking about the propaganda war at the heart of the post-return of the Jedi Star Wars galaxy. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Amy Rackliff from Full of Sith, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and today, October 14th, is the day that Season 2 of Star Wars Rebels premieres, and of course, we've talked about previously the whole thing about Star Wars trailers and when they might come out and when the reveals have been happening for The Force Awakens, that they typically come on Wednesdays, Thursdays, or Fridays for the most part. We're still playing that game, wondering whether we're going to get a surprise today. I'm recording this for Wednesday morning, so usually, uh, at least when the reveals have happened, they tend to come right around the 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 12 p.m. time frame, East Coast time. So uh, this has been recorded before that. So for all I know, the announcement's going to have already been made by the time you've heard this, that we could get a trailer today. That's what I'm crossing my fingers for. Yes, all the rumors, of course, have been saying that it's not coming until Monday, October 19th, but there's no been no official confirmation of anything like that. And yet, why wouldn't it be attached to episode, uh, to season premiere? Uh, <laughs> what am I talking about? To season two, episode one, the season premiere of Star Wars Rebels. Well, I guess they probably would have been announcing it, you would think. They would have said, hey, and tune in to the premiere of Rebels to watch The Force Awakens. You would think that possibly they would use that to draw people to the audience, but or to draw people to the Star Wars Rebels cartoon. But, you know, the ways of Lucasfilm are dark and mysterious, and I guess we'll have to wait and see what turns out. But Lucasfilm has a pretty savvy propaganda machine, and that actually dovetails quite nicely to what I wanted to talk about today, which builds on what we were talking about with Shattered Empire yesterday, and the comments from writer Greg Greco, who is noting that for all of the excitement and wonderment over the Battle of Endor and the incredible defeat of the second Death Star and Darth Vader and the Emperor, that much of the galaxy may not actually be aware that this has happened. We forget sometimes, I think, that the galaxy is huge, absolutely huge, and the ramifications of the attack at Endor may not have gone as far as we would certainly hope that they would. Of course, we saw in Star Wars uh, Return of the Jedi Special Edition that there were celebrations on some planets where the news got out to, but of course we have the game Star Wars Uprising that talks about the Anoet Sector where Hoth and Bespin are and talks about how an Imperial governor there essentially shut down and blockaded the whole system and tried to keep all of that uh, seditious talk away from any of the planets within that sector. 
And it seems like the first year post-Return of the Jedi is going to be very political in the way that it's doled out to us. I mean, political in the sense that we're going to hear a lot about the machinations of what the Empire tries to do in the face of this crushing defeat and how the Rebellion tries to build itself up into a Galactic Republic. And Rucka, for his part, refers to the Battle of Endor as the end of the beginning of the Rebellion, which is a really interesting way of putting things, especially when you consider that right afterward, or at least within the next six months post-Return of the Jedi, they're trying to rebuild the Galactic Senate. This does not sound like the activity of a rebellion. It sounds like the activity of a government in power. And yet, if it's the end of the beginning of the rebellion, which is what Rucka is saying about the Battle of Endor, then what happens next is still essentially rebellion, but it's not necessarily being portrayed that way in some quarters. And it's funny because, of course, the original Star Wars crawl, a.k.a. New Hope, said that it is a period of civil war. Those were the exact words it uses, and yet this is very civil war-like, where we have gone from not just having a rebellion, but actually having a rebellion with a burgeoning government. So yes, there's going to be skirmishes, and there's going to be political machinations, and all that sort of thing happening, probably up until year one post-Return of the Jedi and the Battle of Jakku, which is supposed to be a huge skirmish that happens that ultimately ends up going the way of the, rebel, uh, the rebels. <laughs> the rebels, listen to me. And... Now, we just have to wonder what happens after that. We've got 29 years of time to fill, and if the rebels are trying to establish themselves as a solid government and are having military victory after military victory over the Imperial forces, well, that seems to bode well for them, but... How far is this really going to go? These are really kind of the open questions that we have to consider. And possibly more importantly, in light of the stuff that we're already seeing, how is this going to affect the propaganda war that's happening? What is the galaxy going to start to think once the rebellion actually starts winning more and more of these victories? Is the word going to get out farther and wider? Is it going to actually swing to the rebellion side of things? And how does then the resistance build out of that? The resistance being, of course, you know, just to flag it for you, because I'm sure you're already deeply familiar with the side that our heroes are on in in The Force Awakens. By that point, I think we're going to be well past propaganda, and I think we're going to be at the flashpoint of something very serious. And speaking of very serious things, let's handle our trivia today, shall we? <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> Last time we asked you who first realized the offspring of Screaming Anakin Skywalker could pose a threat to him, and that was the Emperor. Today's question, what city was small enough to escape notice by the Mining Guild? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. Hey, before you get captured on Geonosis, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not a separatist trick, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is a production of
podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.